All right, are y'all ready for the word? But you better get excited because if not, I, I, I preach the, the more subdued you are, the longer I preach. We could be here till midnight tonight. Get your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. My sermon is called Resting in Jesus. The church in America is too stressed out. Way too stressed out. Freaking out over everything. Amen. Well, we're going to learn today how to rest in Jesus. Let me ask you something. Did y'all enjoy my sister? Wasn't that awesome? I love the part where she, where she taught you that it didn't happen instantly. She had to learn to rest in Jesus in the middle of a major problem. And she did it over a period of time. Now, she's a fireball now. Oh, she is, yeah. It, it kind of runs in the family just a little bit. But uh, she's a fireball. I loved every minute of being with her. Love, I read her book, I Cried Like a Baby. If you didn't get a copy of it, we have some out there. We got a few more, and, and I made her leave them. Huh? Journey of Hope. There's about nine of them out there. There was the last time I went and looked. You can still get it. The story of how uh, Brooke went from severe retardation to uh, starting her own bridal store. And because, you know, when she started, listen, when, when Nancy took her to work, she never had a job. Never had a job. They tried to get her a job as a hostess in a restaurant because they didn't want to put more on her than she could handle. Well, the Lord got on to her for that, treating her like, you know, just, just be nice. Don't put more on her. So she's driving down the road, and the Lord said, ask her if the next place she pulls in, she gets the job. Where does she want to go to work? She said, I want to work in a bridal store. Now, you know, that never dawned on Nancy. So they prayed, and Nancy went, okay, Lord, walked in a bridal store. Nancy sat out in the parking lot for two hours. They, she thought someone kidnapped Brooke. She had to get up and say, what in the world are you doing? She said, Mom, they hired me. She became the top salesperson in the whole region. Now, now y'all don't know that we're talking about a girl a few years before that could not function. Nancy got on the word, great is the peace of my children. They're taught of the Lord. Brooke has the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God. Yes. To sell six dresses in a day. Bridal people don't sell six dresses in two months. They, they watched her and went, what? are you doing? She's been invited to weddings. We're talking Washington, D.C. We're talking about people with money. Now, now, Brooke, Daniel was ADHD. He now works in the State Department. They don't even know, Nancy and Mark don't even know what he does for a living. He's not allowed to tell. He has a red phone on his desk like Batman. Nobody knows what that means. <laughs> He's a professional government hacker. He fixes computers on your desk in other parts of the world. How? I don't have any idea. The boy is a brain. He was hired by a senator at Starbucks. Are y'all out there as you go home? We're talking about two kids that aren't supposed to function in the world. One's fixing to start a store and the other one's working in the State Department. <laughs> and the school system deemed them retarded and ADHD. And Nancy grabbed her Bible and said, not so. I won't accept that. Y'all, you, you, when you get the book, you're going to cry like a baby, but just go ahead and just cry all over it and just don't... just. Leave it out here so you don't put tears all over your book. 
But anyway, I loved, I loved what happened. She's fixing to write the story of her when she died and went to hell. Anyway, open your Bibles. Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. I want to start reading a, a set of scriptures that all of you have read before. You know the story. But there's a lot more in this than we've ever discovered. Amen? Are you all ready? Yes. It says, Behold, one came and said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? Now, I've never read that before until last week, and I was reading through some scriptures and going over this one, and it hit me, because I always read this out of Mark. This is a Jewish boy under the Abrahamic covenant who believes that it's good works that causes you to have eternal life. And he looks at Jesus, whom he believes to be a good teacher, and he says, good teacher, what do I need? What do I need to do? Now we're talking now, 2018 after the cross. Do we know the answer to that? Say nothing. How many of you know you're saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves? Say that. None of myself. It is a gift from God. Now this young man looks at Jesus and he makes a statement. What do I need to be doing? In order to have eternal life. And the answer to that is nothing. Because you're dead in trespasses and sins. So we've already started the conversation off. On, on this guy is wanting to do something. In America today. In the world today. We have people still talking about. How I live for the Lord. How good I am. What I did. Let me tell you something. If you're sitting here today. And you're born again. You didn't do that. That was a gift from God. You didn't save you. As a matter of fact, if you've got peace, you didn't do that either. If you have the Holy Ghost, you didn't do that either. If you have the mind of Christ, you didn't do that either. If you're blessed coming in and going out, you didn't do that either. So this, so this, this man, this rich young ruler looks at Jesus and he makes a statement. He says, what do I need to do that I have eternal life? And he said, why did you just call me good? Now, don't miss over, the, don't blow over that. He said, none is good but God. In other words, you remember when Peter, remember when Peter was talking, he says, who do men say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood didn't tell you that. So here's a man that walks up to Jesus and calls him good. And Jesus immediately goes, why did you call me that? In other words, do you know who I am? He didn't say he wasn't good. He didn't say he wasn't God. He just asked the man, why did you say that to me? No one's good but God. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Well, we know you and I both know keeping the commandments doesn't cost. But under the Old Testament, under Moses, we're going to read a scripture in a minute, that if you kept the law, if you were able to keep the law perfectly, does anybody in this church know Anyone who ever kept it perfect? You know one guy? Thank you. Say it louder. He's the only guy that ever kept it perfect. But he did keep it. So therefore, he was able to redeem mankind, wasn't he? All right, now Jesus answered him correctly. Keep the law if you can. Now he's asking, what do I need to do? So Jesus is going, well... Keep the commandments. If you want to know what you need to do, you need to keep the commandments. Well, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So has he done it? No, he has not. Let's move on. He said, which ones? He said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and mother, love the Lord, your neighbor as yourself. We know he hadn't done this. And the young says, all these things I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? He said, you want to be perfect? Now, wait a minute. If you want to go to heaven, you're going to have to be perfect. You, listen to me real carefully. If you're sitting here right now, and you say, I want to go to heaven, you are going to have to be perfect. You're not going in without being perfect. Unless you are as righteous, 
Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees, you will in no case enter the kingdom. Oh, y'all got quiet. But it's true. If you're not perfect, you're not going. So he asked the young man, do you want to be perfect? One thing you lack, you need to be perfect. Go sell everything you have, give it away to the poor. You will then have treasure in heaven and follow me. Now, what did he just say to him? I want you, you want to be perfect. You're going to have to be perfect. And if you want to be perfect, you're going to have to follow me. You're going to have to come underneath me. And, and, and listen, don't get all bent out of shape over the money thing. The man's a Jew. A Jew believes if he has money, he's righteous. And he believes poor people are unrighteous. It's the standard of seeing whether a person, how close to God they are. When you see a beggar, we know he's a beggar because he has broken the law. But the rich people said, I'm rich like Abraham because I'm righteous like Abraham. So he's trusting his money that he's righteous. So Jesus looks at him and said, give it away and you'll be perfect. Well, he couldn't handle that. Now, in case you guys that are prosperity people, I need to talk to you all for a minute. I am a prosperity preacher. Anybody who doesn't believe you're supposed to have money is a nut. Don't get on the radio. There's a guy on the radio. Years ago, got on the radio and preached against the prosperity message. At the end of his radio program, he said, you guys have got to send me some money or I'm going to go off the air. And I laid my hands on the radio and I said, in Jesus' name, go off the air. <laughs> now, what kind of numb nut is going to preach against having money and then ask you to send some? Everybody that agrees with him ain't got none, and everybody that don't agree with him ain't sending him nothing. <laughs> Listen to me. The money, money is not God. But you know what? The next time you get on an airplane, tell them how pretty you are. They don't care. Tell them you're a celebrity. They don't care. You either have money or you're not getting You walking. You want to go to the grocery store? You walk down to the grocery store and say, do you know who I am? And they go, we don't care. Show me the cash or bring me a credit card. Everybody wanting money. You got to have money if you want to function in society. Am I right? So don't come along and start preaching against prosperity. That's about stupid. I'm going to tell you another story about money. An ignorant missionary, an ignorant missionary had an airplane, a Cessna 182. Some of y'all don't know what that is. 235 horsepower, single engine, four-seat airplane. It does about 135 miles an hour. And he used to fly down to Mexico, leave his house in Texas, fly down to Mexico, leave Monday morning, and by Monday noon, he was sitting at the place he needed to preach. Monday night, he's preaching. Someone gave him an airplane. He said, I can't justify having an airplane worth $100,000 ministering to people who are poor. So he sold the airplane. Say, dummy. Bought a pickup truck. Folks, if you sell an airplane and buy a pickup truck, you don't have good sense. So he left his house in Texas on Monday morning, and he got all the way to where he was preaching Tuesday night. Wore that pickup truck out. He spent four days driving to go preach. He wore his body out. He had to buy a new pickup truck every two years. He went through that $100,000 in 10 years. Now he has no plane or truck nor back. And he's not preaching in Mexico because he about killed himself driving. Y'all, listen, you don't, you don't have to sell your airplane because someone broke. They need the gospel. 
he had a chance to give it to him, and he forfeited it, and he messed everything up because he couldn't. A $100,000 airplane, these people ain't got no tacos. Well, they'd have some tacos if you'd go tell them about Jesus. Well, he made me mad, and we used to support him, and I told him I wouldn't support him anymore because he's a nut. Boy, I mean, I know how to get off on all that. We got to talk about money again one day. Well, let me ask you something. You really believe in poverty? Sign the back of your check and give it to me. You just give it to me. I know what to do with your money. You know, I've been asking people to do that for 30 years. I've never had anybody bring me their check with a back sign. Apparently, they want that check. Don't you? I need that money. Well, you could have some. You could stand some more too, couldn't you? All right, don't go there with me. Jesus is not trying to make the boy broke, is he? All right, let's read on because I'm going to prove that to you. When the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. He had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, surely I say to you, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the heaven. Let me tell you something about America. This is the hardest place on the earth to preach. You go to Russia, they will travel for days to come hear you preach. You go to Africa, they will walk for days to come hear the message of the word of God. In America, well, I was busy. You got so much money, you don't, it's hard to even get you to come to church anymore. Hallelujah. Well, shout me down because I'm preaching real good. And you say, well, I'm not rich. If you make over $23,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of the people on the earth. You are rich. If you're on welfare in America, you are rich by world standards. Don't be crying to me. Hallelujah. All right. Okay. The disciples heard it because they are greatly astonished. Why? Well, Peter had a fishing boats. Boats, S. Not one, S, boats. That means other people. He hired people and they, he had a business, a corporation. He was Jewish. Have y'all ever noticed that Jewish last names are things like Goldstein, Silversmith? I'm sure that one day there'll be one named Platinum, <laughs> Diamond, Neil Diamond, had to be a Jew. I know Jew believes in poverty. Okay. When the disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, and Jesus looked at them and said, With men, it's impossible. With man, your salvation is what? It's impossible. You can't do anything to save yourself. All right, now this is where we're going. You can't do anything to heal yourself. You can't do anything to get yourself out of the mess you're in right now. But God can. All right, now we'll get down there in a minute. We'll get over there in just a second. Peter answered and said, we left everything, followed you. He said, surely I say to you that in the regeneration when the Son of Man sits on his throne in glory, you who have followed me will sit on 12 thrones judging 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone that's left houses or brethren, sisters or mother or father or children for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Say a hundredfold. That's a pretty big hundred times what you gave up for Jesus. All right, now Mark says it this way, Mark 10 if you want to flip over there, I'm going to read to you what he said to Mark in the book of Mark. Verse 28 says, we left all and followed you. Verse 30, he says, you who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time. When? When does it come back? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Right now in this life, not when you die. Now, why in the world would someone not want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Had not that boy hung around for the rest of the sermon, he'd have realized that everything he just gave away is coming back a hundredfold right now this side of heaven. He didn't say house. He said houses. Come on, that's called the prosperity message, which, which makes people mad. God's, listen, 
if, if Adam had not died and everybody on the earth was still alive today, how many people would that be? Billions and billions and billions. How many of them, because they had never sinned, would be rich? All of them. The earth has no shortage. The only shortage is a shortage of faith in God. Listen, there's more than enough money. If you don't think so, you have not been to Vegas. The devil has the money because the church has rejected it. When you get in a church and they preach against prosperity, get up and run out of the door because it's not God. Jesus just said, in this time, a hundredfold return. In other words, everything you walked away from because you obeyed me, I'll guarantee you it's coming back good measure, pressed down. Now, why do you think when I got born again, and I told you the story about how I went to work at Certain Teeth. Now, I was supernaturally broken. In one year, I was out of debt and driving a new car. They were grooming me for management. And the Lord said, load it up and move to Tulsa. Why do you think I did that? Follow God. Do you think that hurt me? That scripture right there, I went, mm-hmm, I'm walking away from a job making some money, some serious money. I'll bet you wherever I go, it comes back good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. God causes me. Listen, I don't have, we're not talking money right now, so you can't get me on this, and you can't keep pulling me down this road because I'm going to talk about money all day long. Hallelujah. But God don't need no broke Christian. Who do you think gets the glory when you drive a nice car? And it says, honk if you love Jesus. Now, if you have a piece of junk, take the honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker off your car. Now, isn't it nice to be a young lady and know, I'm living for God. I can have a nice car. I can have a nice house one day. Yeah, you most certainly can. But the key is you follow the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and say all things. All things. Now say this. God is able to do exceeding abundant above. Exceeding would be good. But he didn't say exceeding. He said exceeding. Abundant. Abundant is real good. But he didn't stop there. He said, exceeding, abundant, above. All you can ask or think now in this time. Good reason to walk with God, ain't it? All right. Now he's busting the poverty thing. But yet he told this boy, you want to be perfect Follow me. Now, I want you to turn to a scripture. Go with me to Hebrews 10, 14. Please go over there. I want to show you something. Unless you're perfect, you're not going to heaven. How many perfect people are in the room? You're wrong. You're dead wrong. Everyone that, no, that's not the right one. We got to go to Hebrews. Come on. You're going to pay attention about it. See, if I keep getting on to people, they keep leaving the booth, and I never get anybody back there again. He said, Pastor, you holler everybody in the booth, they're going to get up and run away and never come back. All right, now look at this. Look at this with me. For by one offering, say himself, he has perfected, say perfected, forever those, say me, who are being sanctified. Are you perfect? Absolutely you are. Now, Jesus is talking to a Jewish boy, and he says, what is it I need to do? Answer, nada. You ain't doing nothing. There is nothing you're going to do to be perfect. The only way you're going to be perfect is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now listen, listen to we, we, Go to Romans chapter 10 with me, please. Turn to your neighbor and says, it has to get better. All right, it's going to. All right. Let's pop it over here in the, in the, in the fancy Bible. Romans 10. 
Brethren, verse 1, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. I bear them witness they have a zeal for God, but it is not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and a seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. That's what the Jewish boy was dealing with. A works mentality. Now, why am I saying this to you? Because every time you guys are wanting to get God to answer your prayer, you're asking, what do I need to do? I don't mind preaching to you, be a doer of the word of God, but you're not adding to Calvary. You got saved and you didn't do anything. You got filled with the Holy Ghost and you didn't do anything. What is it you think you need to do to get healed? You don't need to do it. Jesus has already finished your salvation. He's already finished the, your, your perfection. And the only thing you need to do to get healed is put your faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to learn to rest in God. Are you all out there? Did you go home? Come on. This is fixing to get better. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Moses writes about the righteousness of the law. The man who does them shall live by them. Moses said, if you want to be righteous, keep the law. But we know no one. That's why Jesus said to the rich young ruler, you want to be perfect, keep the law. He should have said, can't do it. Haven't done it. He should have been honest. But he wasn't. We have a lot of people today sitting in churches trying to live a better life so God will bless you. Can't do it. Why don't you get blessed the same way you got saved? Why don't you go, it's the blood of Jesus that I got saved by? It was the blood I got filled by. Why don't I use my same faith in what Jesus did to get blessed and to get my income up? Oh, too much stress in the church. Not enough rejoicing. I'm after you today. We're going to turn you into holy rollers one way or the other. We're going to get you happy one way or the other. The righteousness of faith talks this way. Don't say in your heart who's going to go to heaven and bring him down. And don't, or who's going to ascend in the abyss to bring Christ from the dead. What does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith which we preach. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Saved. For with your heart you believe to righteousness, and with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let me read it to you again. With your heart you believe to healing, and with your mouth confession is made unto health. With your heart you believe to prosperity, and with your mouth confession is made. You're looking at me like, are you serious? Uh, is that how you do uh, Are you serious or not? Yeah. This is good. If I can get you to rest, but you're going to fight to enter the rest. Okay, well, well you, hold on, don't, 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 I don't want to lose you. I got to read this out of the New Living Translation. Now, last night I went in the bedroom. I was in there studying. Lisa's in there reading the book of Romans, which I had in my notes. And she starts reading it out of me out of the New Living Translation. I said, read that to me one more time. So I went and dug my nearly. Now listen, dear brothers and sisters, and longing my heart, my prayer is that God, that the Jewish people might be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. They don't understand that God's way of making people right with himself instead 
Instead, they are clinging to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. They won't go along with God's way for Christ has accomplished the whole purpose of the law and all who believe in him are made right with God. Say, I believe in Jesus. And you're made right with God. What did you do? Nothing. Why then are you trying to help God with the problem you're facing today? I'll come over here. I didn't get even a groan out of them. Let me ask. Let's just be honest. How many of y'all are struggling with stuff? All of us. But he told you to rejoice in the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean just shout and holler. Listen. Rejoice in the Lord means rejoice in the finished work of what Jesus did for you at the cross because there's where he made you righteous and blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, why hasn't it worked for you? Because you have not mixed faith with it. You're not resting in what he said. You're resting in your salvation. Why don't you rest in the rest of it? Why are we wigging out and freaking out over everything that happens in life when he's already finished the work from the foundation of the world and handed you victory and all you got to do is rest in what Jesus did? Your faith got you saved. Your faith will pay your bills. Your faith will heal your body. Your faith will fix everything you're dealing with right now. But we're going to help him. What do I need to do, Lord, that I can get healed? Why don't you just rest in God? Nobody ever told you heal thyself. He never said bless thyself. Bless him, Lord. Yeah, it's true. For Moses wrote that the law's way of making a person right requires obedience to all of his commands. But the way of getting right with God through faith says this. I don't need to go to heaven to find Christ and bring him down to help me. And you don't either. Oh, God. (laughs) Rend the heavens and come down. He already did it. He coming again. Okay, one more time. You don't need to go down to the dead and raise him from the dead. Salvation that comes from God. The word salvation means healing comes from God. Deliverance that comes from trusting God. Comes from trusting Christ. The message we preach is already within easy reach. In fact, the scripture says the message is close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. Don't turn the confession message into works. I gotta say, by stress, by stress, by stress, by stress, by stress, by stress, I'm healed 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 by stress, and by stress, I'm healed by stress, I'm healed by stress. Scott, I said that a hundred times today. You're not trying to turn your confession into talking God into doing so. He already did it. Confession's not for God. He knows the word. It's for you. Confessing the word makes the word real to you. You're, the word is so that you'll stay at rest. You need to open it up when you're wigging out and the doctor goes, well, it don't look good to me. You need to open up the Bible and go, well, by his stripes I'm healed. And I'm going to rest in that. That's called faith. Okay, we're going to move along. Got to move along around. Go to Numbers chapter 13. I'm doing better than y'all amen, but it's okay. I walk by faith and not by the way I hear y'all. I'm not moved by this church in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I'm not moved by them at all, God. You sit there and look at me like a dog at a new bowl. It's all right, God. It's all right. You know, I could preach in Georgia and they don't understand everything I say. My wife hates it when I talk like that. When I go up there to Georgia, I walk into Burger King. You won't eat? Eat yet? 
Want to? All right. I look at Lisa and say, y'all want something to eat? What? <laughs> you hungry? Y'all want something to eat? Something to eat? I have to order for her. The girl goes, I understand things she said. What's she say? That's actually only happened one time, and it was in Alabama, honest to God. It was in Columbus, Alabama. We walked in, and, you know, when you walk into Burger King, and there's three people there, it takes you an hour for your food. This is not fast food. Ain't <laughs> nothing fast in that restaurant all day long, by God. I think they went and killed a cow and ground the meat. <laughs> you remember that? It doing <laughs> You want anything else? No, I ain't got enough time for anything else. <laughs> Uh, it was so funny. Anyway, y'all had to be there. Numbers 13, 27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land that you sent us, and it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. God is trying to get him in the promised land. Listen, he's trying to get you there. Houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant, food you didn't work for. Things of the world belong to you. The devil has. God is trying to get you in that place. All right, now that's what this story is about. Even though this is them, we need to read it about us. Okay, are you all ready? Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. That's true. The cities are fortified. That's true. Very large. And we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites are in the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and Amorites are in the mountains. Canaanites are down by the wheat, down by the sea. And the termites are in the houses along the banks and on the Jordan. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses said, Let's go up at once, take possession. We're well able to overcome it. And the men who went up with him said, We, say we. We are not able to go up. That's a true statement. Who told them they were the ones that were going to do it? I'll come over here. Look at me real good. Let's go. Let's go. I'm setting you free. Who told you that you had to prosper yourself? Who told you that you had to have the, I don't have the brains for that job. Listen, listen. It, God didn't ask you to have the brains for the job. He didn't ask you to heal yourself. He didn't ask you to bless yourself. We are not able. Really? That's not, that's a true statement. I've never been able to do anything he said. I don't know whether y'all know this or not. I'm introvert. Oh, I am. I'm quiet. I don't talk to people. But Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If Christ is on the inside of me, this is not me preaching. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm not alone. You're not alone in this thing. You got God on the inside of you. He never asked you whether you were able or not. He just said, get up and go over there. We will kill all the giants and you can have all the grapes. You see, the problem in the church today, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Nothing. Give me a tissue. Nothing. He never asked you. He didn't tell you save yourself. When you die, you, what you gonna get? What you gonna do? What you gonna do if the angel don't come? Oh man, I got this one way. No, you ain't got squat. You ain't. You can't get yourself up there. But I hate to tell you this. You can't do much of nothing except rest in God. Now, now listen. Are y'all okay? Come on, come on. We are not able to go against. They're stronger than we are. And it's true. You know match for the devil. He's been around a long time. But he didn't ask you to be a match for the devil. He just told you to rely on about to come this and not to better. Devil, I have something to say to you. It's not, he didn't ask me to deal with the devil. 
Devil, do you know who you're messing with? I'm Jesus. You'll mess with me once, and you're going to mess with me again. And he goes, oh, no. He knows who he is. You better believe I know who I am. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. There's a lot of bad reports going around. I don't know what we're going to do, Hilda. I don't know what we're going to do. I just lost my job. I don't know. I lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Bills need to be paid. Hallelujah. You wasn't paying them when you had a job. Okay, I'm going to come back over here. And we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. And we are like grasshopper. Oh, grasshopper. <laughs> now, I feel like a grasshopper sometimes myself. Are y'all, have y'all ever felt like a grasshopper? I have. When God said, I want you to take that church, I went, I don't know how to do that. He said, I didn't ask you that. You know, when we brought this property, I walked on this property. I had $200. We, we, bought, we paid $125,000 for this property. Now that's like, are you serious? This, thing, this property is worth a million, one, two. I don't know what it's worth. But it was a horse pasture. He said, buy it. And I went, okay. <laughs> okay. With what? <laughs> that's funny. I said, okay, I'll do it. I'm laughing. I'm unable. But he didn't want it. He wasn't talking about my ability. He just wanted me to rest in what he said. And then I went to the bank, and I took Lisa, and they said, they saw her. We will give you anything you want. I said, now you keep your hands off. That's my wife. Give her the money, but leave her alone. Okay. That's, that's true. It was quite, it was more, it was like that. I started taking her everywhere I go. <laughs> go, to, go to Hebrews chapter 4 and we'll, what time is it? It's after 12 o'clock. What y'all doing? Just forget that clock back there. That clock don't mean nothing. Are y'all ready for this? Hebrews chapter 4. Folks, this is powerful. What I'm doing right now with you is I, is I, I am getting you out of works and getting you back, resting in Jesus. And once you do, he will go to work. And he'll do the things you're wanting to get done. But not until you're resting. Are y'all seeing what I'm doing? Because as long as you're trying to figure it out and you're doing it, he's, he's, his hands are off of this thing. So that's what I'm trying to do to y'all. That's what I'm trying to get you. Hebrews 4.1. Since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest you come short of it. He's talking to sinners. Now listen. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as them, but the word they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. He's talking about the world. For we who have believed do enter rest, as he said, so I swore in my wrath, they will not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The answer to your prayers have already been finished. They've already been answered. He spoke in a certain place on the seventh day this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter, that's the Jews because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day in David and said after such a long time, today if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your heart. If Joshua had given them rest, they would not afterwards have spoken another day. There remains a rest for the people of God. He who has entered his rest has himself ceased from his own works. All right, listen to that scripture because I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out of stress. Worrying about the bills. Worrying about your kids. Worrying about your health. Stop it. 
the next time you get somebody says this is this is that and this is that, I want you to open up your Bible to what God did for you in Jesus Christ, and I want you to put your faith in it. Let me ask you a question. When you asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, did it work? How long did it take? It was immediate. You put your faith in what Jesus did and got saved. Then you put your faith in the Holy Ghost and you got it immediately. How long does it take God to move when you get in faith? Immediately. I'm preaching real good now. I want you to make an adjustment today. I want you to start using your Bible. Find out what he died to give you. Start saying, that is mine right now. You understand that I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I've been made the very righteousness of God. And then I want you to pull a hammock out get a glass of iced tea and I want you to rest on the word of God and let the word do the work I preached a whole sermon to get to that one scripture too much wigging out when the Bible says rejoice in the Lord he's not saying shout a little He's saying that whatever the Lord did for you, you sit there when they give you a bad report and say, not able, not able. You say, well, I'm going to rejoice in what the Lord did. Now, I'm going to turn you into holy rollers because if I can get you over into resting on the word of God, God will take you where you've never been before. You don't have all that he's got to give you on this side of heaven. Now, every time you hear a new truth, you're like, well, we'll take that. But there's, but, and, and all of us have done this, guys. We've all done it where we get born again, and the next thing you know, we're out trying to figure out what we need to do. What do I need, what do I need to do? nothing that's good preaching thank you for y'all's enthusiasm you've got to fight to get here because the devil's going to challenge you what you doing about that what you going to do about the bills Tim what bills devil I'm blessed coming in I'm blessed going out Abraham blessings are mine and by faith he said if I believe that with my heart and I say it with my mouth it will come to pass good night devil I'm going to sleep hallelujah that's what I'm going to do about it boy you start living like this there's no way man just just I mean, anything you can, he said, all things are possible to him that believes it. It's, it's just getting us to believe it. Because we always revert back to trying to help God out. You know how I conquered sin? I grabbed the Bible and it says, I'm free from it. Once I got in faith, I quit. Boy, that's good preaching. All right, I'm going to leave. This is something Trina Hakens wrote. God is on my side, for the blood has been applied. Every need shall be supplied. Nothing shall be denied. So I enter into rest. I know I'm blessed. I have passed the test. I will get God's best. That's what the Lord gave her when they told her she had an inoperable brain tumor and was going to die. She said, I don't think I'm going to die today or tomorrow or next week. I think I'm going to rely on the blood of Jesus. And she laughed all the way into the operating room. And she laughed all the way out because they couldn't find it. Boy, you have no idea how powerful what I'm saying is. If God could ever just get you on the word, 
and you quit trying to help him. I don't want to tell my other story, so I'm going to be quiet. I got one more thing I want to read. Over here in Ephesians chapter 1, he makes a statement where he's praying. I pray that the eyes, and I'm going to pray this over you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that in right now in this church, you would give to every one of us a spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Amen. That the eyes of all of our hearts would be enlightened and we would know the hope of your calling. We would know and understand the riches of the glory of our inheritance because we're saints. And the exceeding greatness of your power to us because we're believers. According to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him far above principality, power, might, and dominion and every name that's named. Not in this world but that which is to come and put everything under our feet. And they gave us to be the head over all things. Him, the church, which is his body that, that fills all in all. Folks, he prayed that you would come to understand this. He didn't ask God to give you anything. He said, don't give them anything. Give them the ability to understand what happened to them when they got saved. Say this with me. Today, I enter into rest on the finished work of Jesus. He didn't ask me to do anything. He did it all. I follow him in Jesus' name. Come on, some of that's good. Now, I kept y'all 15 minutes over. Well, I didn't really. God did. It's good to go to church, isn't it? Well, you guys are a blessing. Well, we're going to be, listen, this, God's fixing to start doing some wild stuff in this place. So anyway, amen, little mama. Boy, if you had any idea what's ahead of you, you'd shout all over the place. You have no earthly idea what he's about to do. The word exceeding abundant just hit me when I walked by you. You've got some ideas you hadn't even given. You don't even know what's about to hit you. And the things you're going to. Well, you'll see one day and you'll go. You remember that day? I had no idea. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.